What is up? We are back. Tony in the field. Tony in the field. Oh my God. I love those guys. So excited to be on Tony in the field. Love the show. Oh man. I can't wait. I'm fired up. Preston, what's on the menu, brother? The gloves are coming off. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History part of Tie game with five seconds remaining. Swoops. Dancing for the win! Texas is back, folks! Indiana's 9 out of 12. Oh! Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Tony in the field coming to you on January 15th, 2024. I'm the field, a.k.a. Preston Highfield. He is Big Tony, a.k.a. Tony, holding it down in San Diego. I'm holding it down in the new home, Austin, Texas, USA, baby. That's right. The field has made the move to ATX. The journey, the show goes on. Uh, Excited to talk to you guys about about all of that uh, at some point, but uh, we have a huge show today talking college football national championship. We'll get Paul Feinbaum's reaction to Harbaugh winning an Addy uh, as only as only Paul would give. We'll, we'll get Tony's reaction to Harbaugh winning an Addy as he's been banging that anti-Harbaugh drum over the years. Plus, we have some random other funny sound bites, and Tony wants to talk Stephen A versus Whitlock uh, just for a bit there as we uh, get into our media segment among whatever else comes out in the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour or so. What up, Big Tony? Chiefy, what's going on, man? Congratulations on the move to uh, to ATX, dude. Pump for you. Pump to, to come visit. Um, we, we really got to hit up that, that Georgia at Texas game on October 19th, dude. Maybe me, you, and Junior can go to that and then buck at the West Six bars afterwards. Absolutely. No, appreciate that. Yeah, that's going to be the month of October. I, and I kind of knew this, but the month of October in Austin is just absolutely electric. So you have, obviously have the kind of now world famous Austin city limits, but you have what is now SEC football here in Austin, Texas, Texas hosting Georgia on, I believe, the 19th. And then you have an F1 race a day later. And that those F1 races actually go for three days because there's qualifying and stuff like that. So and then you have Halloween to to round, round out the month. So it's going to be an insane month of October here in Austin. Yeah, we need to get you guys down here for uh, for some SEC football and and maybe that F one race. Yeah, and then also the the bars in Austin are undefeated, dude. West Sixth, um, Rainy Street. It, it it really is like it really is like a a New Orleans type vibe down there, where there are just no rules and the liquor flows like. Uh, <laughs> like, like pretty much any, any river or giant bed of water that you could find. It, it's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's gonna be a fun time. Yeah. Rainy street is sweet. Uh, been to green light social over on West six, which is a pretty cool one. Um, but pumped to pump to kind of check it out. Also found out, found a couple other pockets of town that you guys are going to like for sure. So it's gonna be awesome, man. It's gonna be awesome. But Tony, enough of putting away, putting away the, uh, the number one topic on this show, everyone and their mother is tuning in to hear you. I, I don't know if admit defeat is the right way to put it, but Tony, Jim Harbaugh has won the national title. He has, uh, a, a controversial national championship for, for Michigan and Harbaugh, uh, to say the <laughs> least, but but they did it. I think he might have sold his soul, Chief. I don't know how they, they beat Bama in that Rose Bowl. They were clearly better than Washington. But I thought Bama had him in that Rose Bowl, and I thought I was going to be off the hook. 
and then Jalen Milrow completely crapped himself. Uh, Michigan avoided disaster numerous times and then ended up getting that game-tying drive and winning it in overtime. I really thought I was was going to was going to get off scot free there but it was not meant to be. I really do believe that Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines have sold their soul to the devil to win the 2024 <laughs> national championship. Connor Stallions. So, um by the way, there were some funny videos of Connor Stallions going around. Everyone was was buying him drinks. That guy's never going to buy another drink for himself ever again in in Ann Arbor. Um to 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 the to that end on the on the field. Um you know, Michigan was the best team in college football this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Um, I think I think Georgia has a, an amazing roster. It was a bummer that their two big dogs were hurt in the SEC title game, um, but they weren't really clearly better than Alabama in that game, especially with those guys hurt. And Bama kind of moved them around a bit at the line. And Michigan's defensive front was probably the best unit in the sport this year. That Chris Jenkins guy is insane. A couple of those those other like MAGA tatted white dudes were really good. Um, they didn't really have like the the names that they've had in the past, like Aiden Hutchinson and and some of those other guys up front. But they pretty much stonewalled everyone they played this year, including Ohio State, including Penn State, including Bama. Bama, oh my, Bama, like. That offense got set back to 2006 in that Rose Bowl game because because Michigan's defense was so good, and you can say that Milrow wasn't very good, and he and he definitely wasn't. Um, but that those Michigan corners, Johnson and Sanders still, and their and their front led by Jenkins, like that line is just insanely good, and I don't think that. I don't think that really anything was a fluke. I mean, they obviously throttled Washington in the, in the title game. That was definitely not a fluke. Um, they were just the best team in the sport this year. And what's funny is in, in years past, like I have been totally a doubter of the Big Ten, uh, and I think deservedly so. I mean, watching Oregon swagger into to Ohio State a couple years ago with Anthony Brown at QB, no Kayvon, no Flo, who we thought at the time was a great player. Um and, and, and just run it down their throats. I mean, Ohio State's gone gone soft in recent years. There's, like, really no disputing that, especially if you look at the rushing totals. But I've always thought that the Big Ten was pretty limited and, and even bad on offense, which it definitely is for most of that conference outside of Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. But Michigan was the best team in, in the sport this year. I, I mean, after, after seeing everything that I saw in the postseason uh, – and you got to give it to your to your man Jim Harb. So what I mean, what do you just just break it down? Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of hatred here. That's what people are kind of tuning in for, Tony. Like, what, do you want to kind of give Michigan their flowers? How do you how do you gauge what happened over the last couple weeks of the season? Yeah, I'll give the players credit. Um, they're loaded. I think that I, think I was listening to a McShay and Rosillo pod where he said he wouldn't be surprised if they had the most guys drafted. And watching them on the latter half of the season more consistently their defense, especially they have so much talent. So they, they earned it from that standpoint. Um, but I can't get behind the cheating. Obviously I can't get behind <laughs> Arbaugh just being a, a smug scumbag, his entire coaching career and always, what? always scumbag. Always oh yeah, man. I mean, this guy, how many times has this guy tried to cross the line with pretty much every rule infraction operating in the gray zone? Um, just always being like extremely petty and smug in interviews. 
can't root for that guy, man. Absolutely can't root for that guy. But the players, no, they, they earned it, man. Michigan has a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. They got some some likable guys. They got a lot of NFL talent. Um, and they manhandled uh, a lot of teams down the stretch, and they beat all the best teams except for Georgia. So you got to give them credit. Um, with um, with Harbaugh, do, I mean, how, I mean, okay. So obviously they they suspended Harbaugh three games for the cheeseburger incident, which to me is just wild and hilarious. And then they suspended Harbaugh three games, including the Ohio State and Penn State games for um, the Connor Stallions incident, which, um, you know, again, there was literally zero evidence ever that he instructed the guy to do that, but he, he's obviously the head coach. So he gets suspended for that. So, I mean, with, with, with your kind of, uh, let's say bashing of, of Harbaugh, don't you think that because he served those suspensions that, that he, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you still think that negatively of him just because he served those suspensions? Like for me, for me, like I'm, I'm pretty neutral here. I mean, I, I actually do kind of like Harbaugh in Michigan. I think he's a positive guy for the sport. I mean, college football is, is far and away my favorite sport. And he's been so good for the sport as far as ratings, as far as controversies, as far as just interest, as far as obviously the fact that he's, he's like unquestionably one of the handful of best coaches out there. But I, I guess like to me, he was, I don't even know vindicated is the perfect way to put it, but because he served the time and still a, still was able to lead the team to the natty, including wins over Saban and then a win in the natty. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel like any kind of a tarnish on, on this season. I think obviously you have to put it, you have to frame it and say, yeah, he served time for being suspended, but I don't feel like he, um, like cheated his, his, his way to the title by any means. And, and, and it appears, and maybe I'm wrong, but it appears that you do kind of feel that way or, or, or do you? Yeah, I do. And I think a lot of people out there would too. Okay. And I mean, and why, and why is that? I mean, obviously with the, the sign stealing, um, having gone on, multiple years um an elaborate scheme and obviously gaining competitive advantages from that and it being his program uh it's pretty pretty black and white to me um and a lot of people definitely don't feel great about uh michigan obviously winning the national championship but the way in which that they operated over the last few years under harbaugh so i don't really think that it's like that controversial to say that Okay, so we have uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I, I don't agree, but I, I don't really care to challenge that. Okay, the we have noted Harbaugh hater beside yourself, Paul Feinbaum, Tony, our guy Paul, particularly your guy Paul, um, checking in. Noted Harbaugh hater told him that he should beg, borrow, and steal for an NFL job. Told him he had no chance to ever beat Ohio State. And here's Paul Feinbaum's reaction the morning after the Natty. The table is set. America is waiting. Paul, Jim Harbaugh has won the national championship. What is your reaction? I say congratulations. And I, Greeny, I was cheering for him last night. I can't explain it. I'm sure it's some weird thing uh, back when I was a baby or something. But <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been more wrong about anything in my entire life. Uh, I didn't think the guy would ever beat 
Ohio State. I said on your show a couple of years ago, uh, if, if I live to be 150, and I'm getting close. Uh, but the point being, uh, this, this is truly remarkable. And and I, I, I don't want to be wrong about something, Greedy. You never want to be wrong. But if you're going to be ethically wrong uh, out of this uh, constellation, out of this universe wrong, I, I'll take it. And I think Jim Harbaugh has, has silenced all those who doubted him in the in the early days. I'm not talking about what's happened this year. That's a whole different story. But in the end, uh, he he has proven everyone wrong. So Paul Feinbaum, I, I like that Paul came clean because he he's obviously been as hard as anyone ever on on a coach as he has been on Harbaugh, saying that he doesn't belong as Michigan's coach, that he needs to beg, borrow, and steal for a different job, and. Um, Man, one of the one of the one of the all time years in Michigan's Michigan's program history with Harbaugh there, and and you know I uh, got to give Harbaugh's flowers too, man. I I can't believe that Ryan Day is still the coach at Ohio State, but I think Ryan Day, much like much like Harbaugh, who got off got off, uh, or you know was I'm sure thrilled to see that that Urban left college football. Um, Ryan Day is probably begging that that Harbaugh leaves for for the San Diego Superchargers, um, but. You know, there's kind of your your Harbaugh recap there. Um, unreal year for for him in Michigan, proving the folks wrong. I do think if you look at the Natty, um, I think that was about. I, I don't think the Natty was a fluke, Tony. To talk to, to talk about the actual Natty, the X's and O's, kind of summarizing it. Like Michigan's front was so good, and Penix Penix did miss a couple of throws. Obviously, that big one to Odunze down the right sideline was was a huge miss, but. Dude, this is what happens when elite defenses get like truly, truly, truly elite defenses like the one Harbaugh and the Wolverines trotted out there. This is what happens. We see it all the time when an SEC team plays someone, when a great SEC team plays someone. Like when when your defense is so good, it will rattle the opposing quarterback and rattle the O-line. And then you get a couple of hits on the quarterback and then all of a sudden he starts missing. And the storyline's like, oh, dude, the quarterback never really plays this bad. He just had an off game. And it's like, no, man, this is what happens when an elite team rocks a quarterback. And and that was my biggest takeaway from that because Penix is, is very elite. I still believe he's very elite. I still can't believe that he's not going to be a first-round pick, although I think finally I've seen him in some some first-round mocks after their their game against Texas, he started to vault up there. Um, I don't care that he's 23, almost 24. I mean, the dude is he's got amazing accuracy. Every every throw on the field he can make. Um, and he's got that arm strength too. Good good enough arm strength. But that that's just what happens when when you face an elite front, and that's that's how much better Michigan was than the likes of Oregon or or other contenders this year, is they absolutely rattled Penix. Yeah, it's crazy, right? We all thought Oregon had an elite defense, and I thought Oregon was going to contain Penix at least one of those two games, but it, but Penix and, and company balled out and beat Oregon twice. Um, and it definitely sucks to see from an Oregon standpoint, uh, Michigan go in there, Michigan go in there and contain Penix and Washington the way that they did, and really have the kind of game that I wish that the Ducks would have had one of those two times, namely in the Pac-12 title against. Uh, UW and, and Penix and DeBoer and all those great receivers. But yeah, as, as far as like the, the natty goes, I mean, Michigan's defense is just insanely loaded. They didn't need to do much on offense, much like they haven't done all year. Um, they really have not needed to rely on McCarthy, who just hands the ball off or checks the ball down, and their defense has carried them. Less than 10 points a game. Uh, the number one 
defense in pretty much every statistical category. And like I said, they have so much NFL talent. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they had, you know, six, seven guys drafted off that, that defense this year. So, um, no, I'm not surprised at all how the, the result went. I think once Michigan ended up squeaking that win out against Alabama, I was pretty confident that they were going to beat either Texas or Washington. I think that they match up much better against those teams than they did against Alabama. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, all right. I got, I got a couple of quick CFB hitters here. I mean, we got the Saban retirement that we obviously have to talk about. Um, and then the, and then DeBoer leaving UW, obviously taking Ryan Grubb among others with him to Bama. Um, do you have any, do you have any final, final word on, uh, Michigan or Harbaugh's this, this has been a big topic for our show, Tony, and the fans are tuning in to hear you. I'm not, you're bringing great ratings to this program, Tony. Um, do do you have any final word there before we, before we move on? No, man, I think we're good. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right, we're good. Um, Saban retiring. The GOAT, um, someone I respect a lot. Greatest coach of all time in, in our sport. Um, and then, you know, that we had a save the industry moment from KVAL News. Shout out to my old station. Um, this this guy, uh, Brandon Cameraman or something like that, former sports guy at KVAL, was not there when I was there. Uh, apparently was in some Alabama market, maybe even actually the Tuscaloosa market, I think he said. Dug into his sources, said on air that uh that that landing was on a flight to alabama and oh boy landing was just chilling watching the born series with his his sons and his family back home in eugene um you know the guy did go on issue an apology on air tweeted it out whatever but jay's at home young jay's at home don't ever do this and the, the rule of thumb is and i'm not i'm i'm not saying i'm any kind of legendary jay but i do have have some standards the rule is you want to get you want to get this confirmed. You want to get your like report confirmed by like three different sources. I mean, you obviously want to just like see it yourself, but if you don't, you want to get it confirmed by like three different sources who you really trust. Um, I think the only time I ever quote unquote broke news was when I knew that Jeff, uh, pardon me, that Justin Herbert was starting uh, against UW. I, I threw a tweet out there cause I knew a ton of people from Sheldon. I, Her- Herbert didn't tell me, but I, I knew him quite a bit in high school and I knew his, his uh, family and friends and some Sheldon folks. Um, so, anyways, you you just can't be you just can't be throwing stuff out there unless you absolutely know it. Um, but Saban retiring, I'm quite surprised. Um, I uh, I think everyone in the college football world was definitely surprised, especially because it didn't come immediately. Uh, the story goes that he went to his lake house, I believe, in Georgia with his with his wife, Miss Terry. Talked about it for a little while. And uh, and decided to retire. He gave a quote that said he like was having to focus too much on the defense this year and couldn't give it his all for the entire team. Um, did a did a sit down with Reese Davis that was pretty good. You can watch on YouTube. But um, man, no no big take here other than you just got to give a shout out to uh, to Saban and um, interested to see what DeBoer does there. Saw some of his early press conference uh, when he when he arrived there. I think Saban kind of Coach K style is going to be around the building a ton. <laughs> Um, it's at least what it seemed, but, um, yeah, man, uh, Saban retiring hat tip to the, to the goat, his dominance, six natties at Bama, one at LSU coaching the NFL for a long time, coached at Michigan state on his rise, just a small town, West Virginia boy. Um, and nothing but the, nothing but the hat tip there at the end of the career. 
The GOAT. I can't believe that he made it as long as he did, man. Just think about all of those years that it was pretty much a shoe-in that Alabama would compete for a national title. And they did it again this year, despite having one of, if not the worst quarterbacks in program history. I mean, man, dude, Milrow absolutely stinks. If they had had anyone else in there, they would have beaten Michigan and probably won the national championship. But I digress. I look forward to seeing Milrow play next year at uh, at one of those smaller schools. Maybe FAU will will throw him a bone. Because um, I did see that he was in the transfer portal. Same with uh, a couple of their other players. Uh, but yeah, the GOAT, man. The absolute undisputed GOAT. It's rare that there's an undisputed GOAT in any sport. But I think Saban is at the top of that like pyramid when you talk about undisputed, no debate, the best to ever do it in one particular uh, sport or really section of life. So good for him, man. I mean, I would have hung it up long ago. 72 is old, dude. You don't have that many years left to enjoy life. Yeah, no, that's well said. Um, Any thoughts, any initial thoughts on Kalen DeBoer leaving UW to take the Bama job? I do. Um, I don't know, man. I I just think that, like, was do you know if UW was going to match what he's getting at Bama? I didn't look into it that much. I I assume that you know more. I there saw than that I do. they like offered him double plus incentives from what he had been making. So he was going to make about nine million plus incentives starting next year, which could have eclipsed ten mil. What's he making at Bama? I don't know, but I I, I would most SEC elite coaches are making in the tens. I would I would say he's making ten or close to it. Yeah, so probably the difference of like between one to two million, which isn't which isn't insignificant. It's not immaterial. Um, but I don't know, man. I just like this Bama job trying to follow in Saban's footsteps and in that conference without in this league. With, seriously, it is within this league. Uh, without the core that you had last year of Penix and that amazing once-in-a-lifetime wide receiver trio, especially to school at Washington, and a much tougher conference and schedule, I don't know if I would have done it. Um, now, granted, Michigan – I mean, sorry, granted, Washington going to the Big Ten was going to be a transition anyway, and they were going to lose a ton of talent no matter if he had stayed or left, but – it's a risky job, dude. Like he would have had way more security at Washington. If he has a couple of seasons at Bama, I mean, you saw what they did to Jimbo down in A&M. Boosters get real anxious in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, to me, just thinking about his decision-making process, um, I think he took the job for two reasons. I think number one Obviously, you have a real chance to win a national title at Bama just based on the built-in advantages of significant advantages of recruiting versus UW and significant, um, I would say, just like cultural advantage from the fact that obviously Bama, Bama just won six titles since since 09, six natty since 09. Um, and, and so he was thinking about it, DeBoer was thinking about it from like a coaching legacy standpoint. Like I have a real chance to win a couple national titles there i mean obviously that sounds ludicrous to say but it it is true you you have like i would say like a given elite coach has like a 20 percent chance to win an addy if you're at alabama and you have like a two percent chance to win an addy if you're at u-dub simply based on 
natural advantages like recruiting and like culture like the the amount of five stars around you down there or in texas are exponentially more than up way up in the northwest and in seattle even though it is a nice program with nice boosters and nice funding like if you think about it from a coaching legacy what can i accomplish standpoint i think it would be that and then the second would be I'm not saying he's not an elite coach. He is definitely elite. 67-3 and three at that Sioux Falls. And I got so much respect for him. The dude got it out of the mud. Like, born in South Dakota. Put in work at NAIA schools for a decade or two. Like, was... I looked back, was 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 at Eastern Michigan making, like, 100K when he was, like, 41. He's 49 now. So, like, the dude is, has literally just climbed and climbed and worked and worked and worked. Like, absolutely nothing but respect for him. And he's, he's clearly... A, a great coach. I do think maybe there's a chance that he feels he caught lightning in a bottle for two seasons with Penix. And honestly, who wouldn't feel that way? Cause, cause Penix, like, I think we're, we're going to look back on, like I was thinking about UW this year and it's like, dude, I really do. Obviously Tony, you and I went to that game in Seattle, like, and our big takeaway was, damn, I hope Oregon gets to see him again. Cause we feel like Oregon's better at, you know, seven out of the 10 main facets of football, you know, just, to, just throw a number out there. Um, but Penix was just that much better. And Oregon's corner sucked this year. Unfortunately, they're, they're Canadian Football League corners, and UW trotted out like three or four NFL receivers and Penix. But I think there's like a little... I think we're going to look back on UW this year because they still have good players, you know, on, on defense, ZTF, and a couple of the other guys are going to get drafted. But it, like to, to make the national freaking title game, the national freaking title game, you got to have something crazy going for you. And I think we're going to look back and be like, dude, Penix just played in like five Pro Bowls in the NFL. And Odunze played in six Pro Bowls in the NFL. Like those guys are like generational, once in a lifetime type guys for UW. Like Penix might be the best NFL quarterback UW will have ever had. Um, in fact, he probably almost certainly will be as I just kind of rattle off the top of my head. So I think, I, th- I just think that was the difference. Like he probably, f- again, like unquestionably elite, but he also maybe felt like, dang, I, I just caught some lightning in a bottle. I got to take advantage of it. And then the chance to win an Addy at, at Bama. Yeah, I, I get it. I get, I get it from that standpoint. I still don't think I would have done it just the job security. Um, because I mean, he, he, he undoubtedly would have had more rope, more leash and less pressure, less stress, less, booster uh involvement at, at UW and still with a, a pretty cushy salary but no I mean either way he, he earned it he completely turned that program around from an absolutely disastrous Jimmy Lake tenure and reached heights with UW that they rarely rarely ever see so um kudos to him man and I also don't blame Grubb for leaving too I mean he had from what I could gather I think he had the UW head coaching position if he had wanted it, but um, ain't nothing like the SEC, man. That's one where I'm wondering how much is he making as the OC at Bama compared to what he would have made as the the Washington head coach? Because I feel like that would have been a, it had to have been a pay cut, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, so. The, I mean, the rumor was that Bama offered him two million a year last year in the off season. Ryan Grubb, the OC, um, so. Uh, he's probably making two and a half or three to be their OC now. Um, and I don't know, I guess they just, uh, I guess they didn't want him because he, he tweeted out something like, you know, my future's not going to be here. Like, so I, th- I think he, I think he wanted 
the job and they just didn't give it to him. Um, they went with old Jed Fish, which Pierce has been banging. I've been talking to Pierce a lot. He's been banging the Jed Fish drum. I, I mean, there's really no way to tell, but I'm not as big of a Jed Fish guy as like a lot of other people are. He had a really nice year this year. Absolutely. Arizona was a great story this year. Like probably the best story in the conference that wasn't UW or, or Oregon was, was Arizona this year. But, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. He, he apparently is bringing all of his staff with him. I was looking at UW's schedule next year. It's, they have Washington State early. They have like Northwestern and Rutgers early. It's, it's a pretty easy five games, rivalry aside, and like at Rutgers. Like, I guess that's not a layup of a game, but God, you should win that. Um, but then their games after that are, are against like the Ohio States, Penn States, Oregon's of the world. So they might, they might take a pretty, pretty sizable step back next year. Yeah, I think Fish is an awesome coach, and what he did with Arizona was insane this year. But um, be some be some tougher comp next year, and the cupboard is is bare uh, for UW coming in. So we'll see how many of those Arizona transfers he gets. That'll be the next next step to that that equation. Totally. Hey, just putting a putting a bow on Oregon's college football season. I mean, I would give it I would give it an A, twelve and two in a Fiesta Bowl win. If you ask. Preston in high school in 08 would you take 12 and 2 in a fiesta bowl you'd be like are you are you psycho um or Oregon fans these days have obviously grown accustomed to to playing for a natty or that's that's at least that that's at least the goal I should say is that they've grown accustomed to is is feeling like they should be in that national title mix um but no shame to losing losing to UW close and um you know the the momentum for Oregon football right now is outstanding. When you have Dan Lanning returning, I don't know if he was actually offered the Bama job. In fact, if you just want my guess, I would say he was not. Um, but it was certainly creative marketing by by Oregon to to throw the, throw it out there that Dan Lanning's staying. Um, and that's always fun when like when a Bama job or a Georgia job or a Texas job or really anything's open because that's going to happen almost every year. I mean it. I think next year there'll be a couple of those big ones that are that are open, and then whoever's the coach at Oregon, if they're having success, will get mentioned and sometimes leave for uh, what they think is greener pastures. But uh, obviously, that's not going well for for Coach Cristobal or uh, Coach Taggart, who is uh, now the running's backs coach for the Ravens, I believe. Interestingly enough, Willie T. But um, but yeah, obviously, great great season for Oregon, great momentum. Bo Nix, really good year, twelve and two Fiesta Bowl champs. Bummer that they had to play Liberty. That game was a joke. Liberty actually scored first and went up like 6 nothing. Uh, and then Oregon just, I mean, absolutely curb-stomped them for the rest of the game. They were just way bigger and way more athletic than Liberty was. And and obviously Liberty had a good year, highest-ranked group of five team. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind that... That the committee's trying to reward highest ranked group of five team getting a getting a New Year's six game. It just sucked that it had to come against Oregon because Oregon was obviously a playoff caliber, potentially national title if everything breaks the right way, caliber team. But um great momentum for the program right now with Gabriel coming in and um and Dan Lanning is here to stay. Yeah, if if you want a grade for me for the the season, yeah, I would think like a an A minus. Um Probably an A minus. Just losing to UW twice is is sour. Uh, but other than that, I mean, pretty pretty flawless. The the bowl game was kind of a letdown. I I don't know too many people that were motivated for that, despite it being a New Year's Six bowl, which is crazy to say out loud. But I just wish it would have been against like Penn State or Old Miss, not Liberty. That game was weak. Yeah, 
And they would have played, I think, Missouri in the twelve team format. So that'll obviously start next year, which will be which will be entertaining. Um all right. Um as we kind of keep it moving on the pod, Tony, do you want to hit uh, anything on NFL playoffs or any other topics you want to throw out there? Yeah, I just wanted to talk briefly about the Stephen A. Smith, Jason Whitlock beef. Uh I was consuming all of it today while I was doing some errands around the house. Stephen A. really went in on him, man. He called him a fat bastard. He called him a POS, uh, SOB. Uh, he went on a 50-minute rant on his YouTube channel. You can check it out if you want. An entire episode pretty much dedicated to uh, dragging Whitlock's name through the mud. He even went so far as to say, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but if this guy had a funeral, nobody would show up. Said he's the worst human being that he's ever met, and a lot of other things that um, you know, either forgot or probably can't just say out loud because it's it's so ridiculous. But he said it all on his on his YouTube channel on his show. Um, now, why uh, you know at the highest level, I, it it is because Whitlock reviewed Stephen A.'s new autobiography and. Um, kind of picked apart and basically called Stephen A a a liar for some of the things that he wrote in that book and said he didn't write it himself. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but, uh, the, the beef on this one is, is bizarre, man. Um, it, it, it really is. You you have to wonder like, okay, how, how much of, how much of this is like true slash how much of this is, you know, for, for pub, for clicks, or, or do these guys actually hate each other? I think they do, but a lot of this is, has really kind of been blown, blown out of proportion. Um, I, I'll, I'll say a few things on it. One thing that was really weird listening to Stephen A's rant today, and, and he does this all the time, is he kept saying things like, you know, I've, I, I have better things to do with my time, and um, you know, I, I normally wouldn't give this person the time of the day, but he gave him 50 minutes. So whenever people say like, you know, I normally wouldn't do this or uh, I have better ways to spend my time or I don't want to waste my energy on all this. But then they actually execute the thing that they're saying that they won't do. That's always kind of a hilarious move to me. The second thing is, and I want your your take on this, Chief, in particular, Stephen A is employed by ESPN who which is a, a company that's owned by Disney, a family company. How is it that Stephen A can have this show? I get that it's separate from his duties and responsibilities at ESPN, but nonetheless, if he's one of the faces of ESPN and he's operating in this way, I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, how do the execs at, at ESPN and, and, and really more so Disney feel about um, guys like Stephen A conducting their business in this way, whether or not it's on their platform or on a separate, separate channel. And and really like guys like Pat McAfee too, like who kind of blur the line. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Cause these YouTube shows kind of like the one called nightcap that Shannon Sharp does, um, are like really out of control. The, like some of the stuff he says with Ocho Cinco, I know we've sent some stuff to each other back and forth, um, talking about women in, in a, honestly, a pretty derogatory, inappropriate way. Um, and that, that's Shannon Sharp and Ocho Cinco, not, uh, not Stephen A. But and obviously Stephen A was talking about Whitlock in a super derogatory way. Um, first of all, I don't really have a ton of respect for it. I guess I would say at like the very basic level. Um, I also don't consume it unless it just like somehow bounces across my 
social media timeline. And I think that's probably probably the baseline there is like these shows are are essentially digital media shows. They're not they're not the ESPN company linear television shows. Um Although McAfee's is, but McAfee's doesn't. McAfee doesn't go so far to 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 where Stephen A, um, you know Stephen A and Shannon go, which is completely inappropriate. Whereas like McAfee, he'll, his his interviews with Aaron Rodgers, which by the way, I can I kind of kind of like watching his like, facial expression interactions with Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a lot of times where Rodgers like really pisses him off with like the MAGA conspiracy stuff, as he does a lot of people. I mean, I think Rodgers' public image just continues to drop by the day and by by the McAfee appearance. He just kind of keeps exposing himself, which is really odd behavior um, for for a guy in his position. I mean, I know that he's getting paid to make those appearances, but super odd behavior by, by Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I would say that I guess they're, there's probably nothing they can do about it. It's probably in their contract that these guys can have extra shows outside of their network. I mean, Cowherd does, but his show is a great one and it's not inappropriate. It's just called the volume because he's got his own network. Um, and he does like instant analysis on, on his own platform called the volume. So yeah, I mean, I guess that would be my, my opinion on it there. I don't really like it or respect it or pay a ton of attention to it. And I think that's probably, why ESPN has to put up with it is because it's on some kind of digital media um, and it's their own venture. But um, I'm sure it's something that's like troublesome behind the scenes. I think it's a good point by you, something that they probably bring up and talk about. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty much it. The other thing I was going to say too is I, I, I believe I read that McAfee is technically not like a Disney employee. It's just that he is signed an agreement with ESPN to have his show aired on ESPN, which I thought is really odd and definitely really smart by him. Um, so he is like tech. If you notice, they put it on like ESPN two and he, and he, you can say swear words on ESPN two. Like he, he's technically like, like a rogue, but his show is just on ESPN cause they know it'll bring eyeballs and they know that it'll bring, um, you know, authenticity. And then, and then obviously he is, he is like a quote unquote ESPN employee for his college game day appearances. Um, but that was like an interesting stipulation that I think it was Andrew Marchand wrote about, which I thought was pretty smart. Yeah. But he's also kind of out of control on some of the, the game day stuff. <laughs> yeah, he is, but not, to, not to like that Stephen A or Shannon level. No, no, no. I mean, that's rare. Dude, the, the, I'm glad you brought up the Shannon and Ocho pod. My God, man. I mean, that is like the paramount example of these Disney employees having their own uh, side gig and it just being completely unhinged and off the rails. Yeah, some of those comments that they make about, you know, some of the women that they've encountered in the past, that's putting it nicely. I'm just like, wait, is this like, am I am I watching this right? Is this like a, this is this real? This isn't a deep fake. This is like actually shannon sharp on a podcast telling these stories openly yeah and i think they just know that they're they're made men in the biz like they've already been paid enough and in when i say made men i mean like they 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 probably have enough money to retire very comfortably like they've been they've just been in in it for so long that they suddenly don't give a fuck (laughs) i mean that's pretty much the way to put it whereas like a lot of these other guys are still walking on pins and needles until they make it to to that point, um, which is why you wonder if like Stephen A would ever leave ESPN. But I think I, I wouldn't consume like a Stephen A podcast. I don't think like if he just left ESPN and put it on YouTube, I don't, 
I think that's probably what he's experimenting with right now. I, I don't think I would consume that. Um, I, I mean, it would be funny if it like if it bumped across my timeline, but I wouldn't like tune into it. Um, and I think those guys kind of know that. Yeah, but you don't tune into first take right now either, right? I mean, the only time that you see Stephen A is on social media. At least that's that's the only time I ever see him. Totally. Yeah. I, I guess I would just say like there's there is a lot to like being on ESPN as far as your brand presence. But yeah, I mean I don't I don't actively tune into first take like 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 good old Alex Abel. Does Abel still watch first take? It's his morning coffee. <laughs> the morning Java. Um hey, quickly on the Cowboys. It's the same damn Cowboys, Tony. And it's same damn Dak <laughs> and kind of same damn McCarthy. Um I mean, I I couldn't believe how how scared that they, they looked. Dak looked like he literally not not like he was going to, like he literally crapped his pants in that first half with the picks, the pick six, the I mean, Jair Alexander is totally him. He's Jair Alexander is one of the weirdest dudes in the league, but he is. If you watch his press conferences, it's super bizarre. But he is totally him on the field, um, and and uh, he. He dominated that game. They made Jordan Love. Jordan Love was doing those like kind of no look, one footed zip passes, Aaron Rodgers style. Like he looked like he was trying to be Aaron Rodgers, and I, I mean that in a complimentary way. Like he played really well and was making some Rodgers esque type contortionist throws. But to to me, the story of this game was the same damn Cowboys just crapping their pants at home. There's got to be something to being a Cowboys player and or coach when you get to the playoffs because, dude, they looked like. It's like when a rotation player gets a wide open three in the finals and it's a total deer in the headlights thing. You're like, no chance that goes in. That's exactly what the entire team, and especially Dak, but the entire team looked like in that game. I don't get it, man. Um, I think I think Jerry Jones must have done something in his past life to have completely um, just altered the, the karma universe of of his Dallas Cowboys, because you would have thought that at some point throughout these past two decades, plus they would have at least made a Super Bowl. I forget what the actual streak is, but isn't it like 20 something years in a row where they haven't even been in the NFC championship game? Someone said the Packers have won more games, won more playoff games at that new stadium than the, than the yes, Cowboys that have. Is, no, that's actually true. I, I, I looked that up myself. That's a true stat. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously they, they last had their success in the nineties and they've been crapping their pants ever since. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it extends into the mid or late twenties. Yeah. So yeah, this is crazy. 28 straight years. You'd have to go back to 95. Yeah. Uh, when we were two years old to have seen a Dallas Cowboys NFC championship game. That's crazy, man, because they've been good. They've had double-digit winning teams. They've had elite players at pretty much every position. All the money in the world, new stadium. They're on national television every single weekend and all the primetime slots, and it doesn't matter. And, dude, this one was especially bad because the Packers stink. The Packers stink this year. Jordan Love has stunk this year. They were extremely lucky to even make the playoffs. Um, they have played better on the back half of the season when they've had some of the guys back. LaFleur's, I, I think, is a really good coach, but 
Uh, and their defense was really up and down this year. There was times when that Preston Smith guy, like they, they had, and Jair Alexander, those are like two of the nine best defensive players in football. Those guys are insane. But like in general, they were super up and down this year and they just were not, they were not an impressive team at all. All their skill guys are super young. Uh, obviously Aaron Jones, they paid, but he was in and out of the lineup the whole year. Like it's just, this is just not an impressive team. Like you absolutely, and they got, they got, they got curb stomped, dude. They were down 27, nothing in the first half. And, and the Dak racked up a bunch of fake stats when they were down like 30 in the second half. So don't look at those stats. Like that's the other thing too, is dude, I, I didn't realize this. I think this is Dak's last contract here. Like there's an option, but like, dude, if I'm, if I'm the Cowboys, no chance I'm bringing Dak back. I'm serious. No freaking chance, dude. They just gave him $200 million over the last four years, and he didn't give him shit. And he keeps playing terrible in the only games that they need to win, and especially this game when they have a really easy opponent with like a super young average quarterback on the other side, and they just blow it. Like, dude, no chance I'm bringing Dak back. And I would I would think about moving on from McCarthy, even though they have one, I think, like 12 12 games a year the last couple of years, but no chance I'm bringing Dak back after that. Cowboys were seven and a half point favorites. Um, and yeah, the, the Packers have been uh, a, a very like up and down team this year. Jordan Love's actually been incredible back half of the season, but no one expected this. This, this shouldn't have happened. And those stats from Dak were total garbage time stats. I think Shannon Sharp had a funny, had a funny tweet on it. He said he was calling him empty calorie Dak. I I would like to call the Cowboys the Subway sandwich of the NFL because every year we hear about them, the advertising is incessant and it's forced down our throats, and every year they're phony meat. Phony, phony meat, man. The same damn Cowboys. Um, if I if I was yeah, if I was Dallas, I'm I'm drafting a QB. I'm do I'm trading Dak and like drafting Penix or something like that. No chance I would bring that dude back. And he seems like a good dude and a good leader. That's obviously not at all what I'm questioning. Nothing about the character. Everything about the performance in in any relevant game, they just get they get crapped on. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Other NFL playoff thoughts. I mean, the Eagles finally got packed up. I think we were all thinking this would happen. They finished one and six over their last seven games after starting ten and one. Obviously, a sketchy ten and one. There were a lot of games in there where they looked bad. Um. But something happened with them. I mean, AJ Brown got banged up tonight. But in general, this team is way too stacked to be looking that bad. I think there's a chance Hertz Hertz is going to just regress, but. Uh, obviously, they miss Shane Steichen a lot. Troy Aikman told us that a hundred times tonight, but it's true. Shane Steichen did an <laughs> incredible job um, with the uh, with the Colts this year. But the Eagles, Tony, getting packed up and by by Baker and company, and they got they got throttled tonight. I think thirty two to nine was the final. Yeah, they got worked. Hey, real real quick, uh, you talk about uh, Aikman beating that dead horse. Um, there's some funny broadcasting moments over the weekend. Every time that I that I watch a CBS game with with Jim and Tony, I, I am still questioning why people ever thought that Romo was good at this job, dude. I mean, remember the early Romo meat riding days? That was that was some insane stuff, dude. People thought that he was the greatest color guy of all time. I I think Romo's bad, dude. I think he is he is annoying as hell, and I, I don't know, Jim, like a hundred times a game. I mean, yeah, he points out some good things every now and then. I, I'd I'd rather have almost 
anyone else at, at color short of like Rod Gilmore than, than Tony Romo. <laughs> Rod Gilmore catching some strays. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. Um, I think, I don't know. I think there's a time and place for it. If I had to listen to it every, it's, it's a little Walton-ish where it's like, if you have to listen to it every broadcast, it's going to get old. But if, if you hear it once every now and then, I like, I mean, I, I, I like it because I like Jim Nance. Um, and it's funny to, to listen to Romo and Nance just oil each other up, but I, I, uh, I, yeah, my, I mean, my number one, my number one team for sure would be, um, would be Troy and Joe Buck. Um, Troy is just so damn solid and, and Joe Buck's a little bit of a screamer, but he's, you know, he's, he's got game. So I, um, that would be my number one, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like a huge, hugely anti Tony, but I, I, I agree. I, I definitely would take Troy and some, <laughs> and some others. Uh, and then Jason Garrett is, is bad at the job. I know he's new, but he's bad. Uh, we, we can't, we can't be having Jason Garrett on, on these, on these nationally televised playoff games, man. Come on. Yeah, he got the NBC. He got the, or he got the Peacock call. Right, it was him and Tariko. Yeah. yeah, you got the P- and, and Tariko is one of the goats. I mean, come on, man. We can't we can't have Jason Garrett with Tariko. <laughs> yeah, I did see they so they had Tariko hop over again and do that the next game with Collins. Collinsworth is so freaking good. Oh my god, Collinsworth oh, is yeah. good. He I is agree. dude, he is Collinsworth is just totally him at this at this biz. Um but yeah, Jason Garrett. He, he's he's kind of funny in a quirky, weird way. I like can't tell if he's like I can't tell if like that's his real personality or if he's like, you know how when you, when people first start broadcasting they act like a broadcaster instead of just broadcast themselves. Like I think he's still kind of like acting like what he thinks a broadcaster should be like. Um, but yeah, he's he's not great. But God, Collinsworth is so good. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's well said. Um, Garrett needs to Garrett needs to settle down a little bit and kind of find his niche, dude. That's, that was something that. Um, that Chris Webber never did, dude. Remember, remember, it felt like Chris Webber was just trying to like come up with his own catchphrase on every broadcast, and it never worked. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was that was, that was, he was definitely forcing it in there. Um, C Web. Uh, all right. You got any other NFL takes or media takes or or anything you've seen on the interwebs? Yeah. Last thought. Um, so you sent me a, a photo of of Hank from Pardon My Take and Barstool Sports with that uh, that airplane girl um, at the Cowboys game. I, I I got I got a question for you. So if if in fact this is his girl now, it might might be all for pub and clicks. But if this is his girl now, uh, and and you know he's he's bounced back from from receding hairline, Marty Mush stealing his girl in Rhea. What what's up what's up with the the barstool um culture and dynamic on this because I remember Portnoy saying that he was you know in so many words Mush Mush wasn't going to have a job there after a year and it's been well over a year and <laughs> that was some and serious Rhea, fake energy from Portnoy hold on hold on G, hold on Mush and Rhea are now engaged and Mush is as far as I can tell he's still putting out those barstool gambling videos and and live streaming. Those those penny slot pulls with his with his <laughs> comrades. So is that, is that what he does? He gets paid to live live stream some gambling games. Yeah, they Damn. call it they call it coin boys, and he basically just does like penny slots online. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. That's not my point. My point is, 
My point is, I what what happened to Portnoy standing on business here? He didn't stand on business at all. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That was some, and we called it out at the time that that was some serious fake energy from from Portnoy. Um, and Big Cat, remember Big because Cat because he was best? acting like Mush stole his girl, even though they were like broken up, and obviously they had like a consent. Two young single people in New York City just like dating. Like, dude, leave him the hell alone, man. That was some that was some total fake energy from from Portnoy. I think he was just tight that Hank, um, you know, Hank was like his OG day one cameraman. Uh, so he was all tight about that, but Portnoy didn't stand on business. No way to call him out, Tony. I mean, that's the only way to say it is Portnoy did not stand on biz. Now back to the Hank side of this. I did. I actually did watch one of those videos that, um, I can't remember someone put it out or big cat retweeted it, something like that. And it was Hank jumping into the pool. So they lost, like they had like an over under bet. Hank lost. He had to jump into the pool. This is back at this lady's place. Tiffany Gomez is this lady's name. This is, this is the, 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 that motherfucker's not real plain girl. <clears throat> this is back at her place, which by the way, looks like an immaculate crib somewhere in Dallas, like big pool, big jacuzzi, big house on the hill. And, uh, and he like jumps in. It's like freezing. By the way, in Texas, it's freezing right now. We're going through the Texas freeze, which happens like a couple days a year. And <clears throat> he goes back in the house and then he like slips and his knee, like takes out the drywall. Did I you, did, did you see that? that? I was cry- I was crying laughing. Dude, I was crying. And one of the top comments was somebody get Jersey Jerry in there to fix it. <laughs> Dude, Jer- Jersey Jerry is a total character. That that guy doing 40 hours on that golf simulator to get the hole in one. I mean, that guy is all time. And then when he bet $20,000 on Steelers money line to beat the Seahawks and they bit, and they beat him and he was on the live stream going, "I needed this." <laughs> where does point I find, find these guys <laughs> dude where where does he find jersey jerry unbiased have you have you followed that unbiased dev guy dude he's hysterical uh, i don't Port- think i don't think i have Port- portnoy calls him fat boy which i don't know how he gets away with this stuff dude how does portnoy get away with all of this shit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, I just love that Mush. Wait, so company, dude. <laughs> so so Mush is actually engaged to that that girl. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. He, Mush get, totally stood on his biz. Hey, Mush stood on business, and Portnoy was all rah rah, dude. Yeah, that was to- that was total totally just for the content, dude. Totally for the content. He was kind of like workplace abusing Mush, dude. Too. He was like, no, you're gonna get fired. Like you're not gonna have a job if you if you start dating her. Like, dude, that was some real shit. And it was it was some bullshit by Big Cat too. Remember, Big Cat moved his desk away from Mush, and he was saying the same things. Like, I'm not gonna do any content with Mush. Like, he's he's off all of my shows. Yeah, that was BS. Come on, man. F him. Oh man, that is funny shit. God, Barstool is just a random factory. They discovered McAfee or had him once upon a time. They did, uh, man. They they did, dude. Last last thing on the on the Rhea and Mush thing, dude. Remember that guy? Remember that guy who used to work in uh, Eugene with you? Um, Hayden Herrera was that his name? Oh yeah, I've been texting with that guy the last couple of days with this K Val save the industry stuff. <laughs> I can actually talk a little bit about that because it's really funny. But but go ahead. Remember when Hayden like tweeted out that photo of of him and Rhea and that other girl from Rhea's podcast um and he was like uh I'm 
he was like, I'm team Hank, but, uh, like I have this photo with rear or whatever I'm paraphrasing. So like, um, you know, basically like I took this photo with Rhea and Fran, but like, I'm still team Hank. And then so, someone commented underneath it and was like, this is really weird. Man. <laughs> it blew up and had like a thousand likes and retweets. And then he deleted it like an hour later. <laughs> I actually don't remember that, but that's really freaking funny. Um, oh my God, yeah. team, team, team Hank, that hashtag team Hank was funny, dude. Even TB12, the goat got in and said, hashtag team Hank. <laughs> Come on, man. It was two, dude, two single consenting adults, dude, dating. I mean, dude, they were acting like mush. They were acting like mush, uh, was like cheating on his pregnant wife. Right. Yeah. That was wild, dude. That was wild that they were, they were hating so much on that. Come on, man. Um. Yeah, Mush, dude. Mush, he Marty Mush stood on business. He did. He did stand on business. Oh man! All right, Tony. Um, fun pot as always, brother. The people needed it. Glad to be back. Glad to be back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we appreciate you guys listening. Hit us up on Twitter. Find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. You guys know where to find us. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for the comments, the likes subscribing thanks to tevin preston for checking in thanks to pierce fedig for checking in thanks to all of our fans for checking in um appreciate you guys as always big tony appreciate you the most big dog um let's let's do it again soon right back at you man it's always love all right folks we'll talk to you next week